Hey, Sid. Hey, Brown. How's it going? It's going. I'm gonna do. I'm gonna figure this out. I'm gonna figure out how we start differently. <laughs> Everything is great as always. I don't know how. To, how else do people greet each other? That's how we usually greet each other. How are you doing? I'm, I'm really good. <laughs> Thanks for asking. <laughs> I'm feeling great. <laughs> I guess I never ask you how you're doing. I'm hungry. Yeah. If I'm going to answer honestly. You should. You should always answer honestly. What do you think of for dinner? <laughs> I've got some lasagna in the fridge. Ooh. I'm going to have cheese and crackers. Ooh. <laughs> I also kind of want to just eat uh, bread and cheese. Oh, so good. But I only have bread. I don't have cheese. Well, then you can just have bread. Well, also, I'm having lasagna, so that's pretty much <laughs> bread and cheese. That's true. That's your carb and your dairy right there. Taking it back. Well, now I'm even hungrier, so thanks. Well, <laughs> well that backfired. <laughs> Not what we had planned. Uh, what's your update, Bron? I have unfortunately fallen off my gym bandwagon. Not you. I know. I was in such a good routine. Bron. So there was... Uh, so here's what happened. <laughs> like a month-long period where I couldn't go to the gym. Oh, right, right, right. And then because I couldn't go to the gym, I was like, shoot. I I now like my bed. <laughs> and I'm no longer waking up at the 6.45 hour yeah. that I used to and was very consistent and doing a good job. Maybe the thing that I I'm like workshopping this out loud. <laughs> That's what we're I, here for. Because I'm here I'm here asking for help. I need to figure out how to get reinvigorated and like because it, the reality is I will only go in the morning. Yeah. At this point. Yeah. Like it's the only option. I have to start my day with it. Right. Um and I'm not saying I have to start every day with it. But I like just, a few days a week. I need to get back into like 3 days. Like if I can do Saturday and Sunday and just at least like Swing, one day swing a one weekday in that's sometimes it's what a it starting looks like. that's a starting point for sure so um i think i just need to put it on my calendar because if it's on my calendar like knowing who i am i, I like feel that's committed impressive. to it that's like a magic bullet i feel like anything that's on my calendar that i don't inherently want to do it does not matter if it's there or not you're like i see you but i won't do you no <laughs> <laughs> i need an accountability buddy i feel like for you the, the calendar is your accountability buddy. Mm-hmm. Whereas like if it's a thing, if I'm not motivated to do it myself, I fully need to, to be not letting someone down to actually go through with it. Yeah, that won't do anything for me. Oh, that's so wild. Because I'm letting myself down. Oh, see. In the end. <laughs> I don't care about that. <laughs> I care about letting everybody else down. Also, I, going to the gym like just feels good. It does. Like, I, I feel like you really need to remember it. that. Feeling. I just need to like, the thing is, I just need to like do a day. What time are you uh, going to bed? Normal. Well. <laughs> The thing is, <laughs> there also have been a lot of uh, more more late night activities like uh, outings that mm. have gone later than usual. So like if I'm in bed after 11, there's no way. Oh, gosh, no. Like I want to. The other thing is like it's dark all the time. Yeah. So beginning and end of the day. There's no like there's no light coming and, through your window. And it was really invigorating to be like, "Oh, the sun's out. Let me get up." And now I have to not only get out of my extremely comfortable bed, you have to go out in the cold, out of my cozy comforter into the cold cold air. And then 
potentially brush snow off my car before I even can go to the gym. That I mean, I get it. That seems like far too many factors to make it worth it. <laughs> I used to count shoveling my driveway at my old apartment as uh, a workout. <laughs> I think it is. It really gets your heart pumping. I mean, I would, I would, I mean, on all seriousness, that's yeah. a great workout. <laughs> you're doing cardio. You're doing muscle building. I feel, I feel like any expert would agree with, with us <laughs> that that's, I, that's a workout. I, you will sweat. Like you go out there and you're cold, but 20 minutes in, you're like, if I you need to remove a layer. am wearing a bathing suit right now, I'll still be sweating. That's so funny. Well, so you don't have to shovel then now at this point no i do oh okay well like add that back it's in. less of a commitment than sure the last the, time the length of the driveway at the old place i feel like for you putting it on your calendar will help and just going back to how you feel after you do it yeah it just feels good just need to put it on the calendar and you gotta chase that high <laughs> <laughs> what is it the serotonin rush is that the dopamine? Dopamine. I don't know which one's which <laughs> at this point. Whatever is released while working out. I Endorphins. Would, I would know normally, but I'm tired right now. I can't. I'm tired <laughs> and, and hungry. hungry. <laughs> Everything's falling apart. My blood apart. sugar's low. Oh, no. <laughs> What's your update? So, not to make you more hungry, but... <laughs> no. My update has everything to do with food. But I... <laughs> I Between my Dutch oven, which I got for my birthday, and my crock pot... Isn't the Dutch oven the greatest kitchen, like, best thing you could ever have, period? The best thing. And so my Dutch oven is bright yellow. It's from a company called Great Jones. I am obsessed with it. Oh, my gosh. You have to look it up. So the reason I learned about it, I think, was, like, through the internet, obviously. But then one of the women that we featured, I think it was in November was um, Ellen Marie Bennett, mm-hmm. and she swears by Great Jones, oh. and she also has the yellow one. And so... You guys are like soul twin, sisters. <laughs> but I was so... And I, it brings me joy to cook in it because it's so easy to use, obviously. Like, it does everything I needed to do, which is obvious. But it also is just... It's bright yellow. It's cast iron. It's really big. And so it just keeps everything hot forever, too. So great. And so between that and my crock pot, I have just made so much soup specifically lately Mm. and I have just really enjoyed trying last year I was making basically the same green soup every week for work lunches and I got very tired of it I feel you it was like like, disgusting potato based like creamy soups far too much yeah would will actually punch it in the neck (laughs) if someone was like try the soup (laughs) But that's what I was doing. And it was a great soup. I actually should make it because it was also very healthy. It was like spinach, kale, the whole thing. And blended. And so it wasn't like brothy. It was like real chunky and delicious. And, but I got really tired of it. So now I've actively made a different soup every week. Ooh, so you're mixing it up. Trying Mixing it up, yes. Let's do a a soup share. (laughs) We should do a soup share. I love, because that's my favorite thing to eat during the winter. Yes. And it, for lunch, that is. And you can get your veggies in there Mm -hmm. too. Like you can sneakily get all of your nutrients in there and you don't have to like force yourself through a salad to still eat healthy. Yes. And I feel like that, so I like between your 30 minute Dutch oven, like just let it sit kind of a thing to an eight hour crock pot situation. Like there, the the sky is the limit when it comes to soups. It's really exciting. (laughs) So... (laughs) 
because that's what I get excited about now. <laughs> I'm here to say it's great. Soup. <laughs> but it really like it's just become such a an easy thing to make that I also really enjoy. Where over the summer it's really hard. I do like a grain bowl and like maybe switch out a protein. Yeah. But like to be able to switch out like what types of veggies are in there, what types of spices, because you can get like real creative with like if it's spicy, if it's just like that warmth, like that cumin warmthiness that it mm-hmm. has. Like you can get really fun with all that stuff too so that's my update is that i am a big super lover this these days and for i also lunch and dinner sometimes if it comes to that you gotta do it yeah so Uh, i have a do you like tomato soup i sure do i found a spectacular tomato soup recipe do you do it with the grilled cheese or are you a monster and don't do that you gotta there has to be some sort of bread or a cracker element i need a cracker element i realize that now and you know what this started before winter because my go-to to go lunch if i need to buy is a wegman soup bar mm-hmm. <laughs> and because it's the cheapest option yes. firstly it's super filling if you get a chili and you can add crackers for free i mean <laughs> win-win there's nothing wrong there maybe even take two cracker packs oh you know i do and one day they had a surprise oyster cracker option which i think was someone's mistake i snagged so many of those bags because they never give you an oyster cracker oh my god i love oyster crackers i know i could eat them as a snack always because you can like i mean i'm getting really in the weeds here but like i like eating them you know if you have certain ways of eating things like i'll pop one oyster cracker in my mouth and like crack it in half and then split the two sides and eat them with both sides of my mouth (laughs) okay (laughs) and that brings me joy so i'll appreciate the lack of judgment That, so anyway, that I'm was a, a special su- share. I appreciate. <laughs> I appreciate now knowing that about you. I'm a soup aficionado, and also forever. I have a specific way of eating crackers. I also love a, a stoned wheat thin, and I have to crack. What? You don't like a stoned wheat thin? They're my <laughs> least favorite of the cracker. That's shocking. I grew up on stoned wheat thins. That's probably why I don't like them. Uh- <laughs> How are we? How are we friends? <laughs> my mom loved to have those stocked in our pantry. So does my mom, and that's why I love them. My mom. <laughs> Sorry, ma'am. All right, we're really we're going off up. the rails. Anyway, <laughs> I really love soup and crackers and bread. <laughs> we'll share some recipes in the show notes, so you guys have something to work off of. Yes. Our two. Let's like share faves. Yes, I love that idea. Uh, mostly because I want to know what you're cooking and. I want to steal some recipes. For sure. Yeah, let's do that. Queenspeaking.com slash 98, friends. 98. Whoa. Here we go. Just got real, didn't it? (laughs) How did we get here? Anywho. (laughs) Give it to me straight, Sid. What are we talking today? Well, because it is the first Friday of the month of December, you know what that means. We've got another Women Inspiring Team QS. How are we here? How are we here? I really think we should do a recap on all of the women that we've featured and just like reshare because I feel like I love this segment that we do once a month because it allows us not only to acknowledge a woman that does inspire us, but gives us an opportunity to really dig into what they've done, what they continue to do, and what we can learn from them. And I feel like that's not always the steps we take as we admire people from a distance. Mm -hmm. We don't always think that deeply about it. We're just like, they're doing really cool stuff and I'm excited about it. 
But being able to do this gives us a chance to really dig in, which we both like to do. So this month, we are featuring Cecile Richards, who is the former president of Planned Parenthood. And we'll get into what she's doing now and all of that good stuff. But we're really excited to dig into like everything that she's done, what we can learn from her, because I think what is maybe not the... Um, First thing that comes to mind, but I think this does like kind of sum up the things that she's done is she's in very simply stuck to the thing that she can continue to have an impact on. Mm-hmm. And everything she's done has sprouted off of that simplicity of being very sure of the kind of work that she wanted to do. And she continues to do it. She did it at Planned Parenthood. She does it in her current venture. And I feel like everything she's she's started doing has just kind of centered around um, reproductive rights and women's equity. And I feel like it's exciting to, to dig into someone who has done so many amazing things while being so streamlined in the focus that they have on that one thing. So, uh, yeah, that's who we're talking about today. Ready to speak at Queens? We sure are. Uh, we like to start... Um, talking about where these women got their start. And so we want to start with Cecile, how she had always kind of helped her mom, who is Ann Richards, who was, I think, a congressperson in Texas. And so she had always helped her with her campaign, and she eventually helped her with her run for governor. Um, And it was really cool to learn a little bit more about that relationship and how much she really did on that campaign. It wasn't just kind of a, a gimme spot. It was like she really did some hard work there. Um, and they continue to be like this great duo of a team, I imagine. Yeah, it's. I think it's actually really interesting because of the nature of her family relationship, like the work that they did for as long as they did during her upbringing. She was exposed to political activism through and through. And I think that that ended up paving a very distinct path for her future. And it's really interesting how, like, you can see, looking back, uh, how much that had an impact on the work that she does now. Absolutely. And then, so after, well, and this was kind of throughout her childhood and then into college, but after graduating from Brown University, where she went, she worked to unionize low-paid hospital and hotel workers. And that, again, continues to be kind of a through line for the work that she does, is how do you, how do you organize and how do you educate and how do you help people that might not have the ability or the resources to advocate for themselves. So she has always been kind of part of that mission. And I think that's what brought her to her position at Planned Parenthood is that mentality of how do you help people that truly need help. Um, So looking at her career highlights, she was the president of Planned Parenthood from 2006 to 2018, which there was... That's crazy. That's crazy. And there was a lot of stuff that happened nationally in that time and so much of it from the women's reproductive rights and women's equity perspective had to do with the work that she was doing with Planned Parenthood and um, I think you can find all the information you could ever want to know on Planned Parenthood but I will say so she she retired in 2018 on their website there's a statement that talks about her retiring and how many people um, gave 
uh, quotes about the work that she did and her legacy, not just at Planned Parenthood, but like legacy period about what she did in that time is like kind of really amazing. The amount of people that shared words of um, like good faith and how much ground she broke when she was there and the people that she empowered while she was there. It was, it was really cool to read from people like Speaker Pelosi and all of these um, government officials and people that are kind of like national um, big names that you really pay attention to. The fact that she was able to, to do as much as she did in that time is really impressive. Um, I think um, I actually saw an episode slash listened to um, – Girl Boss Radio's mentor mm-hmm. memos with mm-hmm. Cecile. And I think um, just hearing about the impact that she had on uh, the individual that she mentored and like hearing about that dynamic and the influence that that had on um, on her time in uh, at Planned Parenthood and like the impact that, that that has. It's so interesting to hear, like, cause I think about it knowing like, you know, the time frame. 2006 to 2018 is like a very pivotal like we were just graduating high school or yeah you were about to I was about to (laughs) and that's like an important time because like you're exposed to a lot of things and you should be aware of like yourself as a woman and your women's health and to know that um how much she did to like maintain funding and all of that is like a really big deal because it actually made a huge impact and like made us think yeah. When we may not have heard it or thought about it because of, um, you know, certain privileges that we had in our life, but realizing like how impactful it is for certain individuals being like, this is what I need right. in order, like for a lot of people in college, because of the access that they had, that Planned Parenthood was the only way that they could get birth control. And that's a really big deal. Right. Absolutely. And I think she raised the notion that and the the fact that Planned Parenthood is so much more than what you see in the news of it being an abortion clinic. That is one area that they have, but there are so many others that yeah. they they provide care for so many people. They were one of the first clinics, I think, that had um, different uh, medical and technological devices for um, trans people and that needed services from the area and they had the ability to give those services away yeah. and that was groundbreaking and it was so necessary and so that along with birth control along with education and advocacy rights I think she yes. really brought the political piece to the table from what I understand um, when she was president and really brought a voice to how much else is involved in this conversation Mm -hmm. um not just with Planned Parenthood but for reproductive rights as a whole um so it was really cool to learn about everything that she's done and you know thinking about the numbers game because that's always got to be part of the conversation but she quadrupled the membership during her tenure from 3 million to 11 million that's insane um expanded access to services and just making sure that people knew all of the things that Planned Parenthood was capable of doing was just a huge part of the work that she did and i think she made it accessible she made the information accessible right so because access to healthcare like a health clinic just to be able to like go see a doctor and have your annual exam as a woman like i like anyone would want an affordable option for that. Right. It's right. not easy. Knowing the healthcare industry 
as it is. Right. It's not easy. And if you can't get into like an OBGYN or like you say, if you're in college when you're out of town, like mm-hmm. what are your options there? What, where do you go? What do you do? Right. Um, but really speaking plainly about why this is such a necessary right and, and such a like it, it's a right of women to have this and to have access to this. And it was always talked about like it wasn't it wasn't a right. It was a it was a privilege. Mm-hmm. And she made it so people understood that this is something that they they have every right to have access to and worked really hard. I think, too, like when you talk about marketing and things like that, like putting the information out there in places where the people who needed to see it would see it. And that is huge. Mm-hmm. That's huge. Um so after leaving there, there was a ton of press when she decided to step down. I remember in 2018. I was like, what's going to happen? I know. I know. It was it, like, and where is she going to go? She still has, I feel like she still had so much more to do and she had so much more to share. And we were right. Shocker. <laughs> she did. She did. <laughs> so she and I think five other women co-founded Supermajority, which is in its now almost second year of being a thing. Um, and so it's it's a nonpartisan organization that's focused on giving women a space to learn and organize and take action on the issues that matter most to them. And that's and that's very true. I've participated as a member of Supermajority mm-hmm. and it really it really is the focus is finding out what women need and how they need to get it and how they then get it. And so it really is, I appreciate the nonpartisanness of it. Mm-hmm. I have strong beliefs in a lot of things, but I appreciate how this is truly a space for women to voice what they are looking for in their 2020 election, in their local races, and, and everywhere in between. Well, what I love about the mission and their goal is that they're focused on training and actually mobilizing women. Right. Their goal is to mobilize two million women yep. to become organizers, activists, and leaders ahead of the 2020 election. And like just noting that and saying, hey, we are the super majority. Right. Right. Let's, that was the whole thing. Let's make it happen. <laughs> but to to know that so many people were like, hey, I want to get involved and I don't know how. And I know we've talked about this in past episodes, but to have seen this come out after we were like, how do you get involved? What can you do? And to know that there's like actual efforts around it, I think is really important to acknowledge the need and the importance of it. And it's really amazing what they're building right now. Um, and she, I, I liked this because I just thought it was like, really strong line um but richards uh cecile richards calls it a woman's new deal oh like yeah <laughs> empowering <laughs> start fresh but it and it's it was so cool when it rolled out it was obviously like very well done um but then to hear about who the power players were that were in on this and how they all have backgrounds in community organizing it's like the people it is it's exactly who you'd want running the show here i jen poo mm-hmm. who did uh all the work behind uh women's domestic workers alliance yeah um the I'm so sorry I for, I'm forgetting her name, but the person who's the, like one of the leaders of the Black Lives Matter, Matter movement. movement. Yep. And then um, the two women who started Pantsuit Nation, it was like a Facebook group that like mobilized women who were for Hillary when she was running for president and have now then folded into um, 
this super majority situation and pantsuit nation is now its own organization like that's a full 501c3 situation it's it's it really is cool to see there be um, intersectional conversation, uh, conversation around um, all of the ways that women are existing in our our nation and what they need and what their focus is has just been really awesome to see how supermajority has found a way to listen to women, both like digitally, in person, all of those types of things. So I I was really excited to learn about this, not just because of Cecile Richards, but like when I first learned about it, I was like, this is just what we need. But then to know that she's in on it and she's one of the co-creators of it and co-leading it, it's just been so fun to learn about, well, fun might not be the right word, but it has been like really... um, necessary they make it engaging they sure do i sat on one of their video calls like really and again they make it so if you want to be part of it there is a way for you to be part of it and it's it's donation based to some degree so they're asking people to support it through their own finances which again like i think more and more these days that is how we get louder is by speaking with our dollars and where all of that is going and so i appreciate that they're out there saying like we need more to exist in more places and we want to do everything we said we were going to do and we need your help doing that so it's Mm -hmm. really empowering to be part of that mission because you feel like you're part of it you feel like they're talking to you and they want to hear from you so it's super cool so that's something that she's been involved with since leaving planned parenthood Um, and i think it just goes along with her focus on organizing her focus on women's reproductive rights her focus on women's equity it just it just continues along that path um what can we learn from her (laughs) she was one of i mean every time we do this i feel like there's always we always are able to learn a lot right there's always a, a a number of big takeaways or even even if it's just a few they're like pretty solid when i was thinking about all the things that we can take away from the work that she's done and how she's done it I was really blown away by how much we really can do that we can then apply to either our work environment or specifically like if we're organizing around something that we believe in, obviously like this is the woman to listen to to figure out how to do that. The first thing that came to mind was just be visible. She was the first and and Planned Parenthood has been around for a hundred years and I was aware of them and you know maybe it's the time that I grew up that it wasn't like first thing in my mind was knowing what Planned Parenthood did and so I acknowledge that that is a factor but I think because she was so visible when I needed her to be visible without even realizing it that made me pay attention and so I think we can take that mentality and say okay how do we make sure that we are being visible when we are working toward a thing you know, within our comfort zone. (laughs) Right. But still, I think that's a really important thing to take away is how do we make sure that we are front and center and knowledgeable on our issues? I, what I love most about the, that point and in addition, it's like showing commitment Mm -hmm. and she has been deeply committed to the work that she does. And I don't think that she's, you know, it's not easy work. And I don't think that she's necessarily opted for an easy way out. And that's a really big deal, um, particularly because it takes a certain amount of strength um, to show up every day and push against very intense, very strong-willed 
uh, difficult adversaries. Right. Um, and to know that on a daily basis, there people are just like, we're taking away your funding. We're taking away your funding. And being able to, to raise funds to, you know, supplement that. Right. And the amount of time and energy she put into, like, the education piece of what Planned Parenthood itself provides, I think, is wonderful. And then, like, passing the baton on to the work that she does with Supermajority mm-hmm. of just knowing, like, I'm committed to, you know, getting women in a room together and what whatever side you're on, let's work together to, like, have our voices heard. Absolutely. Because no one else should be making decisions for us but ourselves. You're totally right. And I, I think that is everybody's always looking to her for that next step. And she also mobilized people through what you're talking about with that education. Like how many people did that create to then go out and spread that message? So by her being visible, her fighting every day, that then empowered someone else who was watching her to go out and spread that message. And so that's how you mobilize a group of people is by making sure they're well-educated around the issue and giving them the tools to go out and spread the message themselves. And that's really exciting and a Mm -hmm. thing that you don't always see from people in positions like that. Um, I think looking at remembering what matters and having your elevator pitch, even if you don't call it an elevator pitch, I think it's really easy to get into the weeds on stuff that you care about. And gosh knows that like we have done our our fair share of getting into the weeds on things that we care about. But I think if people are asking you for your message, people are asking you for your opinion, people are asking you why you care about a thing, simplify your message to be impactful, but not mm-hmm. long-winded. There's a time for long-windedness always, but if you your goal is to share why you're doing a thing with a group of people who might not be your target audience and you need to be honest and short with it, <laughs> that is where being able to really hone in on the um, big W's, like the who, what, where, when, how, why, <laughs> is super important. I think she does that very well and she has done that very well. And I think that's something that we can absolutely take away from her. Oh yeah. I think uh, the fact that she stepped up to voice that and so succinctly and clearly, um, I think giving us a chance to together to say like, hey, here's a thing that you should do. It's mm-hmm. like equally daunting and empowering. Absolutely. Yeah. Which is a tall order, like daunting and empowering. Like it's, it's scary, but it's important. Um, being innovative and inclusive. I think that she, again, showed how to do this, where she does not leave people out in the work that she does. She either bands together with people who know um, different populations better than she does, which there are many. <laughs> and she tar- she talks to people that know those audiences. She talks to people that know those communities better than she ever will and partners with them in a way that makes sure that the messages that she's sending are inclusive of all, all people that need to hear those messages and will benefit from those messages. But she's also innovative in the approach to get the message out. And again, I think that's something, whatever, it doesn't have to be something this big if you're the thing that you're focused on is something that's happening in your work environment or happening in your personal life I think all of these things can still be just as impactful and we can still utilize um, these big takeaways that I think that she has shared very eloquently through the action that she does so I I just go back to like she is so innovative in that approach and we could learn from that 
Well, you know, she's got years of experience. She sure do. She sure do. Um, and lastly, be informed and be brave. Just very, very simple. So, so beautiful. <laughs> um, I think what's so important about this is uh, how she went out and actively pursued insight from women and listened. Yes. It was like legitimately like a 15 state tour that she did. Um, and I think she called it a listening tour. She did. Which yeah. Was just perfect wonderful um but i think to be a strong leader the way that she has been um rooted not in her own motivations but um to the voice of others is really powerful and to know that like the thing that's driving her is the collective whole Mm -hmm. of women and our needs and and just that she like if there's anything that exists it like what she will be known for for the rest of forever is like the stance that she took for women women's equity yeah. and how important that is and that's a fight that we all should be like like I want to I want to follow along right I'm, I'm here for it right right and and like follow along and be active in it in a way that is comfortable for you I think I've appreciated that like through her listening tour she's also realized that not everybody is going to show up in the same way yes so super majority has found a way for people to show up in the way that is most comfortable for them and that they didn't have to do that you know like they could mobilize people who are like physically out in the streets doing stuff Mm -hmm. but that's not everybody's comfort zone that's not everybody's accessibility that's not what everybody is able to do so they've found a way through her leadership as well as the other five women of how to make sure that if you want to be involved there will be a way for you to be involved Mm -hmm. and that that mentality has been so comforting because you know that like if you can't do that thing you can do something else um and it's it's super exciting yeah we're gonna follow along with more of her story and see what's next but i think that's a good starting point just to like dig into everything about her background and what we can learn from her and maybe you know i'll sign up for the super majority and sign up for the super majority it's really (laughs) honestly it's really wonderful and i get the emails and i'm learning a lot and i'm seeing what's being offered and how it's being offered and i'm able to pick stuff that i'm able to do and so it makes me feel like okay like they heard me i did the whole survey like they had this great survey that they did so yes i would highly encourage everyone to at least check out supermajority if not become a member it's free (laughs) it's not a it's not a payment thing to become a member is basically to sign up for their emails so we can all afford a couple more emails in our inbox, I think. Right? Some of us. Maybe. But I uh, <laughs> will. I think uh, what we want to do is keep the conversation going, and we'll share more about Supermajority so you can follow along and sign up for everything and just get in the know at queen underscore speaking on Instagram. Yeah. And check out queenspeaking.com. That's where you can find all our stuff. Shall we break? Let's break. <laughs> 